0: And we're back with episode 20 of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason, and I'm here, as always, with my pal, Adam Messinger. There you go. I was wondering how you were (laughs) going to circumvent that today. You know, uh, we recorded our first spinoff episode of Graphic Content Holonet Headquarters, our Star Wars podcast. And uh, I did the exact same thing where I said, Hi, "You know, welcome yeah. to H- Holonet Headquarters, our first episode. My name is Jim, and I'm here with, and I point to, Jonathan Wright, Rachel Cathcart, Chris Bird, and my last name is Mason because I'm not in yeah. So, you Yeah, know, <laughs> It's just yeah. freaking terrible every time. But no, I'm going to remember to use my last name from now on. But with that out of the way, we have a special guest that has not
1: yet been heard of
0: or heard from. The bowels I, he's of the, new to
1: me. I didn't he, know he was a person until even, about 20 minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, you,
0: you never even met the guy. But here he is live in person, the guy who got me to read Watchmen as it was coming out monthly. So that should date us a little bit. Mm-hmm. The one and only Mr. Chris Weiler, everybody. Hey! hey! Hello, everyone. So, Chris, how are you today?
2: I'm trying to stay out of this horrible heat.
0: Yeah, um, we record in the Northern California area, specifically Stockton which has been beset by 108 degree temperatures. Now... If you are serving abroad in the Middle East and tell me about desert spiders and 115, 120 degree weather, yes, you are a better human being than I. I am old, I am fat, and I sweat a lot, and it's terrible here.
1: Yeah, I'm a wuss. I'm like, oh, we need AC. I've been
0: out here two seconds. Two seconds. I can't take it. I mean, I, I, I say this over and over again, but I cry if I stub my toe, okay? So... People, I wouldn't do well in Phoenix. I wouldn't do any better in Florida, where it's fucking Jurassic Park down there. I swear, the last time I was in Florida, I thought I saw a pterodactyl flying in the air. I can believe it. I, I'm absolutely well, certain there was the dinosaurs. The fucked up thing
1: about Phoenix is you've got the 120 degree weather, yeah. and then you've got the 20 degree weather in the winter. Yeah. I mean, so, like, fuck that noise. Yeah. It's just, it's like... If you like, live in Phoenix, get the fuck out of there. What's wrong with you? Unless it, you own
0: a business. It's like geography that doesn't know what it is. I yeah. mean, you can't nod, Adam. This is a sound and audio podcast. So I said, you, yep. Okay, but it took you a while to get there. You started bobbing your head like you were a weird ass Weeble first. So I'm just. Uh, I was, you have no idea what a Weeble is. I know.
1: I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: he's a millennial, Chris. Uh, yeah.
2: So after being uh, living in the Bay Area for quite a few years, <laughs> I have returned back to. The area, uh, Stockton, and it is hotter than hell right now.
0: So you must be really glad you moved back home. Uh, Not right now. Not not with your parents, you're in with a roommate. Yes. But um, this, you know, to be back in your hometown must just be bring back all these wonderful thoughts of. A Mel- brutality. <laughs> Stockton is not for the weak. So, so, can
1: I tell you guys about something cool that happened to me this week? Would you please? I I would. I if you follow me on social media, you already know what's coming because I posted it about everywhere. But uh, so <laughs> but as,
0: you know what? I, he texted the picture to me first. So, yeah, I'm, I I really did. That I, was that was, was really cool, dude.
1: Uh, yeah, I was stunned. So. As you guys know, if you've listened to the previous episode, which was our Wonder Woman review, uh, we kind of like that film.
0: Uh, Chris and I, we went to see that with Anne-Marie, my wife, today. Enjoyed it a lot. It was great.
1: And, yeah, as yeah, I was such a, a big fan of that movie, and, and you're in with the the group as to where I've yet to meet a person that did not like it. Uh, and so I'm working, well, working, uh for free over at the... He
0: says with air quotes. Yeah,
1: for free. Uh, I'm working for free over at the comic shop uh, in Lodi Comic Grapevine. Uh-huh. And it's a Thursday. I volunteered to take Thursday because I had nothing to do, and I knew it was super boring on Thursdays. We That's one of our worst days. Uh, so I'm sitting there reading comics and uh, we have a customer come in, and I'm like, oh, goody, a customer, somebody loves me. <laughs> and this guy goes, hey, do you have any Wonder Woman stuff? And I point to the, at the time we were running a Wonder Woman sale, so I point to the graphic novels, uh-huh. and, and he's kind of looking around, and he's like, what about statues or anything from the movie? And I was like, well, you know, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff we have trouble moving. Uh, and he goes, oh, okay, well, uh, I was... Uh, I was actually in Wonder Woman, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he, he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Gene. I'm Eugene Brave Rock. I played Chief. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I'm like, nah. nah. And so I'm an asshole, so I went and Imd beat it with the computer <laughs> next to me. And then I look at the picture, and I look at him, and I look at the picture, and I'm like, Holy shit! That's fucking Eugene Brave Rock. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This is Chief right here hanging out with me." Right. So I, you know, we hung out for you know a good twenty minutes, and I'm asking him questions about the movie, and he's telling me about his time in London and uh-huh. his audition process and everything. And so, I mean, it was really cool to shoot the shit with Chief. That's fantastic, man. You know, I'm looking
0: at his IMDb, DP, DB page. IMDb page. And, uh, you know, he's known a lot for his stunt work. He has seven credits on shows like Timeless, Ten Star, The Revenant, Hell on Wheels. Mm -hmm. He did have a speaking role on Hell on Wheels. He was in Jamestown. But, I mean, obviously Wonder Woman is his biggest role to date. And, uh, you know, we both really dug his performance in Wonder Woman as as a, what they call a bit player, as somebody who doesn't have a really giant role. Well, but his was role supporting. was very important, though. It was very important. I mean, he gave Wonder Woman a sense of the greater world beyond the battlefields of Europe. And, you know, uh, who took your land from your people? His people. You yeah. Know? One of the best lines in the entire film. and And, wow, just to meet anybody connected to that film. Exactly, yeah. So, that's fantastic. So,
1: yeah, it was funny. He was looking for a comic, uh-huh. and he's like, you know, I, I saw something on set. They they had a comic with my character in it, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, and I'm looking at the stack of graphic novels, and I'm like, is it in with, I haven't read the Greg Ruckus stuff yet. I was waiting for it to end. Right. I was like, maybe they introduce him in the Steve Trevor uh, storyline that they're doing. Yeah. So I start flipping through and I don't see anything. Okay. And then I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they made up those three characters for the movie. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I saw a comic. And I said, and I said, I, I know you're probably not going to know the answer to this, but I said, do you know who drew it? Cause that would definitely help me. Uh, and he's yeah. just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, you know, he leaves and then I, uh, of course, that's when I find the book, and it's the Steve Trevor one-shot that they put oh, out just recently, and it that. introduces all three of those characters. Huh. And so I tweeted at him, and I said, hey, you know, I found it. This is what it is. And he tweeted back at me. He at me, says, uh, save me a copy. I'll be back.
0: Nice. All right. All right. So you're going to get a second appearance hopefully, by Mr. Brave Rock. Yeah. So that is fantastic. Um, hey, and, and hey, invite him onto the show. Let's see what he Absolutely. says. Absolutely. That would be awesome. I mean, we could whore ourselves. We'll do anything. <laughs> yeah. We'll mow his lawn for him. We'll cut some wood. Yeah. Um, you're young. You can do all those things, and I can help. I can
1: Well, you to. provide the wisdom on how to do those things, right. Jim. So yeah. I'm sure I, you can sit back with a pina colada and have an earpiece and a microphone. I, I think I you can know, do And, and then I'll, then I'll, I'll listen to you. Yeah, I'll, it-
0: I'll, and we'll hear the sound of the chainsaw. Right? Yeah. In the background, you know, I think you could work out. And then, you know,
1: if I cut off my toe, no biggie. Yeah. Yeah. I I can say I cut off my toe with a chainsaw over at Eugene Brave Brave Rock's place. You
0: could, you know, and the other other big thing is you can sew big toes back on. Um, I'm not good at it, but I heard Chris is pretty good with those sort of things. So, you know. Or just buying pizza. Yeah, you could buy pizza. Oh, uh, you know, pizza we, makes everything better. Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. Then we'll cauterize it with like the pepperoni or something, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. no biggie. That makes total sense. So um, um, what are we going to talk about today, Adam? So
1: our big theme today uh, is...
0: Which is, we're recording this episode on June 18th.
1: A.K.A. Father's Day. That's right. Um, so we wanted to combine Father's Day and comic books... So we're looking at best
0: and worst comic book fathers. That's right, Chris. Do you have any feelings on fathers and comics to fathers share? Fathers
2: and comics. Well, you know it's interesting. Usually, uh, with fathers in any children's or you know comics uh, setting, they usually get bumped off pretty quickly. They
0: don't tend to have a good life expectancy. That yes. is true, unless they're Batman. Batman is doing pretty good having an actual biological son running around at this point.
1: He has... His son is died and come back.
0: I know, right? He he has the blessing that many fathers of dead children don't have, unfortunately. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'd say that there's fewer dads that make it than do make it in comics. For,
1: for every Reed Richards, there's, you know, 15 uh, other failed fathers.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, well... And I don't even there's know. A Zod. Like, I, I'm a there's a Zod. There's a Zod. Yeah, there's three Zods
1: for every three Richards.
0: Could you imagine living in the Zod household? Household. <laughs> kneel before Zod. Come on, Dad! I just got home from science school. Kneel before well, Zod. He was <laughs> only, only a father brain. in the Phantom Zone, right? So you know. That's true. So it was a Phantom Zone. You can't va- really
2: kneel in the Phantom Zone.
0: That's I don't think. that's really true. God, that yeah. was actually good stuff. That was a great story. That really was. Pretty freaking cool!
1: So, and that was the first time you got to see Superman bestow his wisdom for he learned from right, his father right. into uh, a child. The
0: character of Chris Kent. Mm-hmm. That they named after the the recently late Christopher Reeve at the yep. time, so that was really a sweet story. I thought from uh, from both Jeff Johns and Richard Donner, who co authored the storyline with with his former PA. Yes,
1: so. and Adam Adam Kubert turned in some <gasps> of my favorite stuff in his career.
0: The design that he did for the Phantom Zone criminals in <sighs> in reworking them, and really for Jor El and all of Krypton for that yep. matter, was amazing. I could. I mean, I can go back. You know what? I'm going to go order that graphic novel. I, I need to.
1: As, I need to get it. As dumb as this sounds, my problem with the reprint mm-hmm. is they put this brainiac story with it, and it's and that's like the last story that Jeff Johns did in his action comic. That's run. the one.
0: That's the one where they reintroduce the Legion of Superheroes, sort of.
1: That's that run. Yeah, yeah. But they they do his first story and his last story in one graphic novel, and then there's like. There's None of the stuff in between. In between. Yeah, it's and all so lost. I was annoyed by that. That's a little weird. So if you get it, I recommend buying a used version of just that. Okay. <laughs> just that one. Fair enough. Okay, yeah.
0: so I'll take a look at that. So so what are we going to do? We're going to talk about best and worst stats. So we're going to go worst first and save the best for last. That,
1: that's perfect.
0: That all sounds right. great. So, so
1: how about we let our guests go first? Yeah, oh. we can do
0: that. So, so Chris... We had a chance to discuss this. You've had enough time to think about this. The spotlight is now turned on you. Uh, we have secretly hooked up uh, electrical cables <laughs> to your feet. So if you don't, Excellent. we don't like your answer. Sorry, it's been nice knowing you.
2: So we're going with best, worst dads.
0: The the well, our worst dads in the com- worst dads, the worst dads okay. in comics. So that's
2: where we're starting.
0: Yes. Kay.
2: So I was like really giving it some thought, <laughs> and I was thinking at first, Doctor Benton Quest always Ooh. putting his kids in this Trump wow. way.
0: I mean, t- I would think CPS would have a word or two with Dr. Quest on if that If they one.
2: could find him. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? I don't think CPS has a supersonic jet. That's the no. thing.
2: <laughs> but then I decided, and it happens to be another doctor. Okay. But going with uh, Japanese manga, uh, Dr. Gendo Akari from Evangelion. Ooh. Because, I mean, here's a guy who, you know, sends out his son to kill the invading aliens. Right. Against his son's will, a child soldier in a war. And he's
0: like, I'd say probably one of the coldest-hearted fathers I've ever seen. You know, and I, I can't say that I've watched every single Evangelion episode out there, but the the uh, you know, the repeating themes in anime is much like American comics were in the 1940s is the reason why superheroes had sidekicks. Was so that kids could be could feel like they're they can insert themselves into the story. So in anime, it's always teenagers or preteens put in the hero's roles so that kids can, you know, who are who they're making these these that us older Americans <laughs> really love. But you know, just so just so Japanese youth can see themselves easier in these roles. No matter how you look at it, I'm still gonna bring up the idea like that he is a beast of no nations kind of kind of father figure like Idris Elba was to the child soldiers in those movies.
2: Well, true, but I, I was, well, I'm going to point out, uh, so they kind of explain that
0: I should say of, not Idris Elba, but the character he played in right. beasts of no nations, so.
2: but with a, uh, there was an event that happened and mm-hmm. because of that event, only people of a certain age generation right. can pilot these giant robots, you know, to kill these invading aliens. Or angels, right? But uh, what's even more, if you if you want to twist the knife more, <laughs> is we find out that some of the RNA DNA makeup of this giant robot, uh huh, is actually his deceased mother. What? Yes. Oh, so wait a minute! I mean, I've he never seen find that out until much later <laughs> into the story that he's inside his mother.
0: Piloting. I d- I do not
2: That's like
1: fucking crazy. So. <laughs> I've never Wait seen this. Okay, I know yeah, nothing yeah. about
0: this. I never got that far in the series.
1: Holy shit, are you <laughs> kidding me? I am not. That
0: is me. the most fucked up thing. Now, granted, you don't lead with certain things. Like if let's say I was the kid and my father, which was Dr. what, what was? What uh, was Gendo
2: Ikari.
0: If Dr. Ikari or Dr. Gendo came up to me, yeah, let's Dr. use Akari. Dr. Ikari. Dr. Ikari. Okay. Dr. Ikari came up to me and said, "Hey, junior, go pilot this giant robot to save the human race, I'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Um, but there's just one catch. You'll be inside your mother. I mean, that would pretty much ruin me for the rest of my life. Yep. Like, I might want the human race to burn.
1: <laughs> so... I, d- trying to wrap your head around I, I, that I, would just is. be like, what? <laughs> and it's from episode one,
2: it's pretty much, you know, he goes to his son, pulls him out of school and says, you got to pilot this thing. His son's like, no, I don't want to pilot this thing. And he's like, well, if you don't, we're dead. Uh. And he's, you know, the monster's here. You got like, maybe five minutes before we all die.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You have about five minutes to decide to save the human race.
2: And so throughout the whole thing, this poor guy, Shinji, is trying to like, back his way out of, uh, back his way out of, uh, combat And when he finally does decide, okay, you know, this is my new life, this is my new role, I'm protecting humanity. Yeah, the most he could get out of his father was good job.
0: Yeah. Not even not a hug. Not
2: a hug. No I, I don't think there's ever a hug scene. I don't think they're even ever in the same room together.
0: Oh, my what? God.
2: <laughs> yeah. He That's- just pulls him out like, this is what you're doing. Bye. He's, Bye. He's standing in a control room looking down on his son, talking through a microphone saying, pilot this damn Mecca. Wow. Jeez. And if he does ever, like, get face to face, I think it was maybe to just smack him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Yeah. So he, he's a shit brain dad. I mean, not... And a womanizer. You can can make the the argument that Dr. Quest loves his son so much he wants to take him on all these great adventures.
1: Yeah. And and you can... He can at least bullshit that he's spending time with his kids.
0: Exactly. Even though they're being shot at by communist mercenaries. But...
1: uh, yeah, you know,
0: and maybe occasionally giving him a good
2: science lesson.
0: Right, you know, this is this is how human biology works. Put pressure on that wound, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, But that's, uh, I mean, that's such an interesting thing for a guy that's trying to, you know, save humanity and, like, have this noble cause to, to have such uh, an area of his life where he's a complete failure.
0: Wow, I mean, and it's, it must be painfully obvious later in the series, oh, too, yeah, yeah. that the rift... Grows even wider between the two, and
2: even the politicians who are funding him are sort of like, oh, we don't trust this Akari guy.
0: You know well, why? Because he's a shit brain to his kids. So, wow. I'm going to need to watch all of Evangelion, I think.
2: And now that I also remember, I mean, it's been years since I watched the TV series yeah. and the movies. And this was but... taken
0: from a manga, right? Correct. Originally. Correct. So this is the comic book connection, <laughs> kids. Yes. So yeah. anyway. But
2: if I remember also, um, the other pilot in the series, Ray, uh-huh. is actually a clone of his mother, of Shinji's mother. What in the fuck? That it. And he keeps Wait. a room full of these clone... What in the Daughters fuck? as backup.
0: Wait, so, I mean, wait, okay, dead air is bad, so I have to start talking now, but...
1: Well, the, the I, silence you hear I, is shock. Yeah. Because I don't know how to fucking process <laughs> that. That's a madness on a level I can't even comprehend. <laughs> I mean, Dr. Doom hasn't even done <laughs> that shit. Like, Dr. Doom, look... Say what
0: you want to about Dr. Doom. He's a good son. He went to hell to try to get his right, mother back. Exactly. Okay? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, sorry, but what was it? It was Dr. Strange, Dr. Doom. Uh, help me out, Adam. What was the name? It was Mike Mignola drew it.
1: Yeah, uh, Mark Badger wrote it. Right.
0: I can't remember the name of it. Is it The Promise or something like that?
1: Uh, no, I can't remember. But doc, there but, was a yeah. whole
0: graphic novel that yeah. Mike Mignola drew. Right. That... That was like Dr. Doom implores the Sorcerer Supreme saying, look, I'm a great... I mean, I'm fucking Dr. Doom. I've got a country. I'm a super scientist, and I'm not a half-bad sorcerer, but you're the Sorcerer Supreme, so I need you to help me get into hell to get to save my mother's life. But, I mean, fuck! Dr. Akari is a madman! He's just a cold-hearted brute. He is a mad scientist. At least... He is he? He's mad.
1: Yeah, at least... Uh... What's what's his face the guy? So Dr. Silvana raised his kids to be mad scientists from the, you know, Captain right, Marvel shit. Right. And he like he loves his kids even though he's an evil motherfucker. Right. He loves his kids. He wants his kids to be successful in evil science. Yes. <laughs> That's know? so
0: crazy. That is Fucking nuts! You know what? I think Chris already wins the competition. Yeah, I'm that's like, it for graphic content, everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah, like anything we bring up is just going to pale in comparison to that. Wow! Holy fuck, man!
0: Damn, Chris, you dropped the bomb
2: Sorry. on the
1: first yeah.
0: one, dude. I, I should have, I should have
2: said, I think I'll hold back. But N- no, no, I'm, no.
0: You I'm, know I'm, what? Coming, come out of the gate strong. So when you come back to graphic content, we'll be like, fuck, Chris is in the studio. <laughs> yeah, we gotta up up our
1: up our, up our, our
0: game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Adam do you want to go next uh, Sure Okay. Uh,
1: so mine is fucking Dr. Ikari I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry Yeah <laughs> oh, that's oh. hard to move on and from And if
2: you want another Another great example So
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ
0: <laughs> So Shin, Shinji another, another UN UN approved war crime yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, so Shinji's like I just can't take this anymore I'm gonna leave I'm not gonna be the pilot And Dr. Ikari goes Alright That's fine We'll put back Ray into the machine, into the robot. Now Ray is the clone wife, of the mother, the mother
0: of Shinji, who's sort
2: of like a daughter figure to Akari. It's kind of creepy. Oh, but at this point, Ray had already been in a fight and was seriously wounded, oh missing my. an eye, broken arms. What? So he was just
1: gonna send her as injured as she was into a They were
2: just gonna shove her into the cockpit, push the push the robot at the monster and hope for the best. What in the fuck? And so <laughs> he's he's sort of like playing on the kid's you know sympathy for this right. poor wounded girl. Right. You know So
0: please tell me at the end of this series Dr. Akari gets what's coming. Just tease it for me. Oh I, my I god. Don't...
2: Well, the the end of the series is uh, it's one of those anime series yeah. endings where yeah. you're like, "What the hell did I see?"
0: Sort of like Cowboy Bebop for me, where it's like, "Fuck, that's oh, that how made it ends." Sense. I mean, it made sense, <laughs> but it was, but it was so sad, you know. Oh just, yeah, oh yeah. It, it so was, they
1: end; they generally end in a tragic fashion.
0: They all end in tragedy. It I mean, ends it,
1: in a weird, weird. Uh, it's very meta, meta.
0: Okay, okay. All right, all right. I'm now interested again.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have Go. to hit that up. That's yeah. that's.
0: Stick with it till episode five okay. of the old
2: series. Okay. I haven't been through the movies too well.
0: Okay, okay. So I'm gonna have to go back into the old stuff. You yeah. Know? Chris is the one who he he not only he, did he introduce me to Watchmen, he introduced me to anime in you know true anime uh, in the in the 1980s, the later 1980s. Now I had seen Star Blazers. I wasn't a fair, uh, aware aware that it was Space Battleship Yamato. Um, I wasn't aware that Robotech was three different series all, all fucking put into one by the mastermind at Harmony Gold. Um, he was also the one that brought me into the future. He was the one who showed me Akira first. He was the one that we showed... We went
1: and saw it in the theaters. Yeah. Wait, I, they had that movie in theaters? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I there was a limited
0: that. run in theaters that was even up here in NorCal, so... We drove 45 minutes yep.
2: to go see that.
0: Yeah, we did. So we saw Acura in the theaters. Uh, You got me hooked on Bubblegum Crisis, which still to this day to me is is my personal favorite series. Um, God, so much shit. Yeah, we
2: used to drive about 45 minutes to rent unsubbed Anime
0: and you had just a sparse knowledge of Japanese at that point. I mean, you you're like, I think he's telling her to go fuck herself, but I'm not really sure. You know, (laughs) (laughs) this guy here, he's the villain. There was even some. Wait, so
1: it wasn't. He didn't even have.
0: This is this is before fan subs. Yeah, unsub. Oh my god. So we were, and there was times when. Now, we were, uh, after high school, we moved in together for a while. You know, Chris would bring home, you know, he had a girlfriend in the Bay Area. He'd bring home some, some unsubbed anime. We couldn't understand it. We'd, you know, be recovering from our mad drunk from the night before. We were underage drinkers still. And uh, we would just make up our own stories. And, (laughs)
1: just... You would Stan Lee the whole Oh, the whole whole Nine Yards.
0: Yeah. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, you tell me to go fuck (laughs) yourself? You go fuck yourself. Well, let's get in our Mecca and fight. Okay. Oh, no, there's aliens. We have to fight them first. I mean, it was like, you know, sort of like, uh, what was the USA Network show where they had the bad Sentai? Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I Ron mean, Ron and Warriors? No, it was, uh, no, um, that was, before it, that was it was USA's was, um... Night Flight. And it was their late night programming show, which showed a bunch of music videos as well as they had a comedy sentai show like Power Rangers before Power Rangers.
2: Yeah, they took uh, the original uh, show with Zoo Ranger, I yep.
0: think. Zoo Ranger, and, I think. And,
2: uh, and they just dubbed the hell out of that and god what was it called i
0: can't remember but it
2: was it was absolutely hilarious and if you uh, have roku
0: i think you could get
2: night flight yeah
0: you can they they're they're alive and well again in, in on the internet so wow. yeah i mean chris he he was my nerd i mean pusher (laughs) yeah yeah you know i i got i mean i managed to get some chris into some shit too gave me the question yep Uh, which adam is wearing the t-shirt of right now so i got him hooked on the question and we both read it through the very end of that actually also
2: jim got me to read dark Knight. and up to that well that's that's the return favor for getting him into Watchmen. yep yeah i mean up to that point i was like but Batman is uh, Adam West and and Goofy. No,
0: he is grizzled and old and Clint Eastwood on steroids. It's, and He's, he would never
2: fight Superman.
0: Yeah, yeah, he would, and put a kryptonite lace boot in his face. So yeah. So Chris and I, we share a real nerd history here. So yeah, I now because he he teased it so well with Evangelion, I'm going to have to watch that. All the way through. Yeah,
1: now. I'm. I'm very fast. I have my
0: now. new binge ready at yeah. this point. So you
2: should. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a worthy watch. Yeah, it's,
0: it's really effing deep. I really love the design of the characters and the design of the mechs and the angels and the whole thing like that. I, I don't know why I I fell off of it, but I need to go all in. So, all right, Adam. So we haven't ignored you. So I, we're coming back to you. Who is your worst dad in comics?
1: My worst dad is uh, a Nazi. Because uh, I mean, Nazis are bad. Not only is he any Nazi, he is the worst Nazi. He is the worst Nazi in the I Marvel mean, Universe, right?
0: And I just have to say, Indiana Jones Nazis. <laughs> I hate those guys. <laughs> you know, I wish I had sound files to play on this right now. So, anyway, who is your worst Nazi?
1: The worst Nazi? Who is the the,
0: the not-the-Nazi father of the year?
1: (laughs) It's uh, Red Skull. Oh, okay. So Red Skull is uh, my candidate for uh, the worst father. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, he set his goals for fatherhood, and he achieved those goals. Yes. He was just a horrible human being Mm -hmm. and set... Goals that would make you know anybody anybody with half a brain cringe, right? Uh, and so his daughter Sin, uh, he made sure she was nice and abused. Oh yeah, and I mean and, uh,
0: from the from her first debut back during um, was that uh, Grunwald's days.
1: Honestly, I'm not sure because I, I didn't she... know she was a character until yeah. the uh, Brubaker Captain America gotcha. stuff. So yeah, I mean she she ends up trying to become the red skull herself later on. Right. And huh. I th- and I think she rips all the skin off her face. There
0: was some I, I want goddamn uh if you know how sin became the female red skull I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to fear itself. Well a, it leads into leads, that. Leads what yeah. leads into fear itself which was the uh, one that Matt Fraction sort of curated and was kind of a mess really to be honest. It,
1: that that comic was terrible.
0: Yeah. But it looked good in a I was a about lot of to say, it.
1: Stuart Amonin did the best he could with an awful Honest story. Honest to
0: God. But uh, if I was going to put this out to our listeners... If you know how Sin lost the skin on her face, <laughs> please write into us on Twitter at Graphic Podcast. Send us a Wikipedia link, or you can write us a long form if you just want to tell the story yourself in email at thereal.graphiccontent at gmail.com. I'll
1: tell you what, if you needless
0: plugging is now over. I bet if, it was if, a you do that,
1: if you do that, I will email back to you a downloadable link for uh, one of the comic books that I've made. Fantastic. Okay. So you will get a free digital comic out of it.
0: So you were actually bribing our listeners yes. to actually write us a tweet or a, or an email. Yes. I'm all for that, That's actually. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Thank you. Thank you for putting something up there. Yes. So uh, uh, but, anyway, but, yeah, so she, Sin didn't have any skin
1: on her face. No. And her boyfriend, because <laughs> of her daddy issues, right, is cross Oh, because oh. he's such
0: a quality human being. Exactly. You know, that's and fantastic.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, it's not every day that you that, you know, a dad does a such a good job that you know, <laughs> he, he gets to approve of the daughter's boyfriend right out the gate. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a henchman long
0: before Sin even uh debuted yeah. In, yeah. Yep. in comics, so
1: so, yeah, that was, that's kind of my pick. I just felt like uh, the Red Skull is, is... Right now, I'd say he's the worst person in the Marvel Universe since they're doing the whole uh, redemption of Victor Von Doom through Infamous Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he takes the cake, and especially recently in Remender's run where he steals Professor X's brain and becomes uh, Red Onslaught.
0: I mean, he digs up... Professor X's corpse and steals his fucking brain. That's yep. pretty dark shit. Yeah, you know that's Rough. that's not emulating good behaviors to your children. Not at all. <laughs> Grave robbing somebody for and, their organs and, and, is bad.
1: And by that time, he's just like, "Well, I did my job as a parent. Everybody, fuck off! I'm about to murder you all.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go for planet wide genocide." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: so, so who was uh, Sin's uh, mother?
1: Honestly, I'm not sure. I think. It, I think it was just somebody, one of the...
2: Someone unfortunate.
1: Someone unfortunate. I think he just impregnated a woman at random. Uh, Jim's going to Wikipedia that. I'm actually looking this up right now. Because I, yeah, I, I don't know for sure. I just remember her being one of my favorite pieces of Brubaker's run in Captain America. And her just being this, it starts off as like kind of a young, rebellious teenager in her... In her, you know, late 20 or mid twenties, early, early twenties, yeah, early to mid twenties, and she has this whole Bonnie and Clyde thing with, oh man, with I'm so, crossbones.
0: I'm pulling up. I'm on the uh, marvel.wikia.com, and there's this just this great shot. It was taken from the cover of one of the Brew Baker. Captain America issues, where Steve Epting did those beautiful oh my God, movie yeah. poster-style covers. Those were so great. And she was a beautiful girl. Obviously, Cray, but I mean, uh-huh. just, you know, she's there with what looks like a P-38, Chris. I mean, oh, uh, I, Chris is also a gun expert. Definitely a P-38. Yeah, so she's definitely got Nazi hardware in her hands. She has a skull right under her boob line. I mean, she is... She
2: likes the German uh, military aesthetic, yes, you say? Yes,
0: yes. Um. Uh. Oh. Okay. So, Cynthia. Her name is Cynthia. Oh. Okay. Sin Schmidt is the daughter of the Red Skull, seeking a male heir. The Red Skull fathered a daughter with a washerwoman.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. Ah. I, I was thinking it was just some some lowly woman who yeah. ended up getting getting into the well bad to, situation. To make
0: things even worse. Okay. So you have to have sex with the Red Skull, right? Okay. Oh my God. So I'm just gonna put it like this: You're having <laughs> sex with the Red Skull. And you're thinking, what else could possibly go worse? You die in childbirth. So her mother died in childbirth. That
1: almost sounds like mercy. (laughs) Almost, (laughs) it was a mercy death. I
0: gave birth to the Redstones' daughter. Oh, thank God! You know, and there's. Oh my God!
1: (laughs) Now, is this pre-cloned? Uh, Red yes, Skull yes, before he yes. got the steel. Well, Rogers as clone far as, as I, d- I
0: mean, I'm not going to read that deep into it. Um, I will say one of uh, the Red Skull's followers by the name of Susan Scarbo convinced him not to uh, not to give up the girl or not to kill the girl okay which was oh my god oh the woman dialed in childbirth and the red skull almost killed the child angry that was a girl not the boy he expected holy fuck so your your choice for worst father is even better now one of his followers Susan Scarbo convinced him not to telling him she, she would raise the girl herself as her nanny the Skull agreed and left the girl now named Cynthia, okay. Uh to be raised by Scarbo, who indoctrinated her with the Skull's views as she grew up. What
1: in the, what <laughs> so, the
0: fuck? So there was a nanny Nazi. Right, uh, right? <laughs> oh my <laughs> Could gosh. Could you
2: imagine that? Hair Skull, Hair Skull. Don't feed it to the dogs. (laughs) (laughs) We could still use this I mean, a
0: total Boys from Brazil kind of vibe there. Oh, my God. It's like, where was Gregory Peck to save her? I mean, fuck. Uh, The skull returned when Cynthia was a child, uh, and put her in a special machine that accelerated her aging process. Of course. Robbing
2: her of her childhood.
0: Robbing her of her childhood. And so she put her in a fucking machine. I'm a grown Nazi. Until she was an adult and gave her superhuman powers.
1: <laughs> well, uh, at least he had the... What the what fuck did I just read? <laughs> At least he had the courtesy to give her superhuman powers. I mean, look,
0: I'm going to totally fuck up your childhood, and your mom died, and I raised you as a Nazi. Here. Uh, and I adult, was going to kill you, I, too. I, I was yeah. going to feed you to my Dobermans, but here you go. I'm going to give you some superpowers and take away your childhood. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah. That's the worst. Well, that makes yeah. her relationship with oh. Crossbones that much creepier. yeah. Because now you have an 11-year-old, a Nazi (laughs) 11-year-old in a body of like a 20-something.
0: I'm trying to remind, I mean, she kind of looks like a Nazi Drew Barrymore right there. I mean, she's like a ginger Drew Barrymore with a B-38 and she's got thigh-high boots and a a skull-encrusted corset and fuck, that is a Fucked up origin for, for is, a supervillain. I mean yeah. and you know, it's because Herr Schull or Herr Scheda, I <laughs> believe is is the term in German, uh, is a bastard. I mean, he's a son of yep. a bitch. God, I hate Nazis even more than I did before this podcast. And this is a <laughs> fictional Nazi.
1: Yeah, that's oh so so that's mine. Uh wow. just because I I knew yeah, he did some fucked up shit, to say the least. Wow,
0: you guys both kick my ass yeah. with this one. Um, man, I, I'm, I'm just... I'm gonna Okay, three, two, one, go to your happy place, Jim. <laughs> <clears throat> you doing goosefraba right now, Jim? Yeah, I'm just... Uh, okay, I said my mantra, I'm good. Okay, so um, who's my pick for worst dad? I tried really, really hard on this one, and when I stumbled upon a pair... That of fathers that were intertwined with their sons' origins, I thought I could actually pick the worst one. There's one that's obvious, but the one that's not obvious. But ultimately, when you do the SWOT analysis, if anybody watches Silicon Valley, they both tie, even in a SWOT analysis. So wow. here we go. And I, I, I am going to cheat a little bit, say that I have a tie for worst dad ever in the DC universe. And that is none other than Isaiah the High Father and Dark Side. Now, If you know anything about your Kirby mythology or your fourth world myth... Okay, you're going to stop me because I I No, no,
1: I'm not going to stop you. I'm going to say, you said that you were, we quote unquote beat you. I picked the worst person in the Marvel Universe.
0: You did. You You picked
1: the worst person in the DC Universe. But somebody who
0: is also a heroic figure in the DC Universe, then I'm also going to throw him under the bus as well because... Here's the thing if you don't know anything about Jack Kirby's Fourth World, what is wrong with you? It is some of the that's the first thing. I love you. If you're listening to this podcast, you're a member of my family. I love you. My family, we slap each other on the back of the head sometimes, going, What's wrong with you? Go order the Jack Kirby
1: omnibus. Oh my God. Not the one that's coming out, this hardcover. Get the softcover ones that have everything. Right.
0: I, I have two of the four. Hardcover fourth world omnibi, so I, I really enjoy the, those, but anyway, long story short, this is what happens. okay, so when the fourth world was created, there was the gods of supertown on the planet New Genesis they the, the floating city was called Supertown I was about
1: to say really yeah, Supertown
0: Supertown, okay and uh, so they were the gods of Supertown on the planet New Genesis. Nothing was ever built on New Genesis. it was a it was a paradise. At all times, any technology, any cities were built in the sky.
1: Okay, so the ground was sacred ground. Sacred. More or less. The whole
0: planet was sacred. To they everybody. did have those
2: bug characters living
0: on the ground, but they were human-ish-ish-ish. Ish. They were the—they were basically—they were the lowlanders. They were the ones who lived is, on. the
1: Is that on where the ground. current Forger series yes, that's yeah. going bug. on right
0: now comes from? Bug, which yeah. is, by the way, quick plug. I read Bug Number One. Bug Number Two is sitting in my queue. Um, uh, Mike Allred is doing amazing work on that. Yes, book. I and, was a big fan of that. And oh, the, I can imagine. Oh my God! And it was a thirty-page first issue, and it's being done under Gerard Way's uh, Young Animal imprint, and it's phenomenal. I was a fan of Forager from as I think he was. I think his first appearance wasn't even in, or no, it was in Jack Kirby stuff. But I saw him first in an issue of Justice League. Back in the 70s when I was a kid, I was like, I loved him because he had a shield like Captain America. But he wasn't Captain America, so I saw that there were other characters that could have shields and be super awesome.
2: He was kind of like Spider-Man with a shield. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. You know, he was he was strong, but not like Orion strong. And, and nimble. He, and nimble. And he was fast, but he wasn't light ray fast. I mean, he was a very much Spider-Man, and he always questioned why he was there. He always called himself a bug among gods.
1: And that first issue really captures all that.
0: It sure does. It sure does. So read that book. But anyway, why is Highfather tied with Darkseid as worst character in the DC universe? Okay, so the gods of Supertown and the gods of the planet Apocalypse were in what was at at a certain time thought to be an unending cosmic warfare with each other. And eventually, and I'm, I'm not completely sure, and I'm not even sure if Jack Kirby ever really wrote it down how they were able to broker a peace accord between you know, the powers of light and the powers of darkness. But Isaiah, the High Father, and Side met and signed an armistice. And then what they did to seal the deal was trade their infant sons They traded their infant babies.
1: Where does that become, A, a, an idea in like, oh, we're going to broker peace. Right. Oh, we should trade kids. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great right. idea.
0: Right. Like, so What in the fuck? What in the fuck? So, okay, like in the Civil War, if if fucking um, um, Robert E. Lee and Ulysses S. Grant <laughs> were forced to sign a fucking accord or cessation of violence and armistice before they finalized the, the South surrender, what if they each gave each other their kid? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. People don't do that.
2: Well, they they did some evidently gods like, do. They did that somewhat in the medieval times, I hear. Really? Yeah. Okay. They would. They would have I would a prince hate- have a prince go live with another kingdom. Okay. And vice versa. Well, and, were they
1: grown at that point? I would say they were because if they were grown, that kind of makes were like
2: sense. Royal,
0: like okay, I know of like royal hostages and stuff like that. It was kind of like that, and I know that there was um um Theon Greyjoy inside of Game of Thrones who was a captured Greyjoy child that, um, um, fuck, the Starks raised right. as one of their own. And, uh, you know, wow, you know, Theon Greyjoy turned on the Starks. What a fucking idea. His name was fucking Greyjoy. Anyway, long story short there. Yeah, but I anyway, do I, I, I watch It's a great show, great TV. It'll make a worthy binge when, when it's all said and done. But After Evangelion. After Evangelion. <laughs> Evangelion first, because GOT is still going. But anyway, my point is this is that they were being used as trophies of an armistice between gods of immense superhuman power. So now look, in the end, who made out worst, who made out best in that arrangement? Okay? Isaiah the High Father, he got Darkseid's son, who is this monstrous warlike berserker, and he was able to with the with the power of the Mother Box, their their super science God technology, was able to calm his animalistic berserker impulses, and he could become beautiful like the other gods of Supertown. He could become peaceful and all that, but if he needed to look up and really destroy something, he could just go yeah, you he know. Hulk out. He could Hulk the fuck out, right?
1: Well, hold on. I'm starting to see the logic here. Right. Because, Well, is that where let you're me, going? Let me, let I'm let me finish my point yeah, here, and, yeah. and
0: you're going to see. I think you'll agree with it. Okay, so you can say F- High Father made out because okay, so he was able to take Darkseid's Son and turn him into a true hero, a flawed hero, but a hero nonetheless. Then you have Scott Free, his other son. Okay, wink, wink. His name was Scott Free. Think gets, about it. Get, think about it for a second. Go goes to. You know, Darkseid. What does Darkseid do do with his kids? He throws them over his shoulder because he has so many fucking children and throws them into Granny Goodness's orphanage. And what does he do from the point that he can walk? He keeps trying to escape. He refuses indoctrination and keeps trying to escape. And who pulls him back every time? Big Barda and the Female Furies. And then what happens? Big Barda starts to see some kind of joy, some kind of love in Scott Free's eyes in the fact that he will not rest until he's able to go home to his own family. So what happens? She falls in love with him, helps him break out of jail, and the two take a boom tube straight to Earth, meet meet a dwarf by the name of Oberon, and of course they join the circus. Because, Mr. <laughs> because this is a great premise for a superhero comic, Mr. Miracle, the world's first super escape artist. But you could say through Mr. Miracle's um, burgeoning association with the new gods after escaping to Earth became one of Isaiah's fold in the end, but that's a fucking long game you're playing, dude, with you know the, the, the PTSD that Scott Free must be feeling at this oh, point. So really, you're a fucking awful dad for giving your kid away. I'm just saying. Well,
1: you're you're banking on nature versus nurture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and obviously, since nurture worked in the case of Orion, right. it could have easily gone the other way with Scott Free. Right. What if Scott Free became the world's
0: greatest infiltrator? You know, like Doctor Impossible from the Grant Morrison run. And, oh shit! Or no, it was Brad Meltzer that created Doctor Impossible, I believe. Um, or was it Morrison? I'm
2: I, not sure. But I, I, I see this as but, but Jack Kirby's the ultimate. Uh, Jack Kirby's ultimate thinking is that good always triumphs, because right? You got nature and nurture, but they both turned out good.
0: They both turned out good, yeah. Because this is Isaiah's kid, or Isaiah, however you pronounce it, in in their mythology and. I, I just, I I couldn't imagine. I don't have kids. None of us here have kids that we know of anyway at this point. And I'm just, uh, yeah, Chris, you made a face. This doesn't work for an audio <laughs> podcast.
1: Um, I had so many things in my mind that I'm like, <laughs> no, don't say that. But
0: the point that overall point that I'm making is, Isaiah, you're a son of a bitch for giving your kid away on a battlefield. I'm just saying. So that's my pick for Worst Dad.
1: That's a great pick. I mean, if you really... If you really gave a shit about Darkseid's kid, then go steal him. Right. Don't give away your fucking kid. Like,
0: go to, go to um, oh, what was it? Armageddon was the name of the capital city. Armageddon? Um, Armageddon is the- G-A-G-T-T-O? I mean, yeah. It's ghetto with an yeah. arma at the front of it. That's amazing. That's the name of the capital city Holy of Apocalypse. Shit. They live in Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Jack Kirby- God damn it! He would have been a hundred years old this year, mm. and uh, and and the mind that came up with this shit—I mean, he could have. I mean, High Father could have sent fucking super god um, commandos to go free all the orphans in Granny Goodness's orphanage, but no, it just made his son even better at what he was yeah. born to do.
2: And and to you know, he, he was—you could almost say that maybe High Father was naive.
0: Because yeah. he was always
2: like, "Oh, I'm gonna stick to the treaty." Yeah, you
0: know, he's a I'm, god. He has I'm no trusting excuse. Him. And oh. you know what? I can't. Bo- <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, okay, if you, you become
1: a god, you you run out. Right, you win. Shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but you know what? I'm I mean, Darkseid is is I mean, the moral equivalent of the Red Skull in Marvel Comics. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he is a nihilistic son of a bitch that wants to destroy everything and find the anti-life equation and make everything bow to him. So. But you know what you're going to get with Darkseid? If Darkseid's going to have kids, most of them are going to turn out like that fucktard. Oh, Calabac. Calabac, you Kano. know. And Kano. And Kano was was Kanto the weapons master his kid?
1: I uh, I think no, I think it I No, yeah, cuz his brother I think is Calabac. Wow. I think so.
0: Okay, we're going to do some deep diving again. I'm going to pimp pimp the Twitter account. You can always correct us at Graphic Podcast. And again, Adam will send you a free link to one of his books for that. So, wow, that would be mind-blowing that Canto was so beautiful and Calabac was so... Well, it's because Darkseid had all the women at, at, of the Apocalypse at, yeah. at, to his pleasure. and uh, Or displeasure. Or dis- I was
1: going to say, there's no pleasure I for no, those women. I don't no think pleasure. they
0: lasted very long afterwards. Uh, was
1: it? In, I was trying to think in... Uh, Walt Simonson's Orion book wasn't there a back like one of those uh there was a backup th- where he like th- ripped yeah. somebody apart trying to make love to them or I, some crazy I wanna, shit was it john
0: Byrne that did that that part of it the 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 origins of the new gods or something like that i'm uh, trying to remember who did that cuz it wasn't simmonson's art that was that well, was in the back of that i was button. thinking
1: it was it might have been the frank miller story that 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 happened in i know that Yeah.
0: I, I'm gonna but, have to go look. Yeah, Walt but yeah, Simonson. I was
1: thinking there was one of those backup stories where that Simmonson wrote, where fucking Darkseid just ripped a woman in half after I could believe it, trying you to know. uh consummate, yeah, uh, a marriage. He well, w- uh not marriage, a fucking fornication. Yeah,
0: marriage. it was just it was just about reproducing an heir you yeah. know, to an immortal being, which makes no sense. So Darkseid is a bastard, and. uh
1: yeah. Well, that just goes to show his ego. Yeah. I want me everywhere. But
0: but you know now you need to make the philosophical argument: who's the worst father? Is it High Father or is it Dark Side? I mean, you know what you're going to get with Dark Side, but High Father, it wasn't like he could predict the future and the big stone that he would consult. Right. The wall. The, the source wall. Well, it was like a it was like a um, it was like one of Moses' tablets stuck in the ground, That's and funny. it was what he used to communicate with the source, which would always speak to him in riddles. And big flaming riddles. I mean, I oh my God. Burning shit.
2: bush riddles. I mean,
0: it, it just, just might as well have been. I mean, Jack Kirby, I mean, the amount of, of mythology and, and real world religion that he snuck into those fourth world books was just amazing.
1: I would have to say Darkseid's the worst because, as you said, with Darkseid, he's pure unrelenting evil. Yeah. And Highfather, while he did some fucked up shit, yeah, he did it with hope. There so was it was a calculated
0: element. risk, it, I guess. It was. Okay. it was. It
1: doesn't stop it from being fucked up. Right, right. But it was all done with hope. Okay. Oh. You know what? I can oh, live oh, with that. Oh, but wait
2: a minute. Wait. Here's a twist. Okay. So, High Father never sending a rescue party for Scott Free. Right. Darkseid always trying to get Orion back and Scott Free.
0: You know what? Oh shit! You know what? Dark side was always trying to work the dark side of Orion. You know that's right. Uh, you know, so he was always trying to get him back. You know wow. where where High Father was honoring the the intent. You know the the both the unwritten intent and the intent the written intent of the uh, peace accord. So uh, yeah, they're both. They're both douches. Yeah, <laughs> they're both douches. I mean, let's be quite honest. And and just real quick, kids, because this book angered me so much. Do not read the 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 fucking godhead bullshit crossover between the gods of the of the fourth world and the Green Lantern Corps from a few years ago in the New Fifty Two. Uh,
1: follow up to that.
0: Okay, just real quick,
1: <laughs> just real quick.
0: That whole storyline gargles my nuts. Oh. so that's how bad it is.
1: Uh, I saw I saw this solicited and that your little spiel just yeah. uh, it played in my mind as I saw it. Uh-huh. But they had Orion on the front of Robert Vendetti, his Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. Which, Which tells me, I think he's going to reference Godhead oh in, God. that, in the praying, series. I'm
0: just praying that he doesn't, because you know what? I've actually come to like Robert Venditti a little bit. I mean, his Hal Jordan Green—it's Lan- Lantern, not my favorite Green Lantern series. I like the the Simon Baz Jessica Cruz book a lot more, but the Hal Jordan and the GLC I kind of like. So, Robert Venditti, if you're listening to me, and we know he's listening yes. to me because every- all, everybody, listens everybody in to the this. comics industry listens to this podcast. Please don't go back to Godhead, please. Please.
1: Well, it's already solicited, so it's done.
0: No, no, there's time. Maybe there's he's going to fix it. Maybe he'll fix it. There's editorial. Editorial can come in and save the day because they're so good in DC editorial, right? They're better than Marvel editorial At right this now. point,
1: I would absolutely agree with that. Okay, so
0: I'm going to go on less of a tangent now. So since <laughs> I was the last to go with... Um, with uh the worst father i think i'm going to start it off and we'll go in reverse order for the the father of the year the yes, best hit, dad. Hit us up. saving the best mm-hmm. for last um i you know I, I went through a lot on this one i i was thinking of thomas wayne for a second i was thinking of jor-el um you know jor-el builds a rocket ship for his infant son mm-hmm. right um, why couldn't he be built a seat for his wife? I mean, you know, if you're going to sacrifice some, you know, sacrifice yourself. Don't just say, hey, honey, you're staying behind to watch the planet blow up with me. So that disqualified jor to me. Thomas Wayne, I, he, look, I mean heroic, but we didn't get enough of the story of Thomas Wayne. Although, Chris, before we started broadcasting, you brought up Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint, which to me is a father who was who was haunted by his his, his humanity. Yeah. You know that all humans fail. We fail at, at things, and that he could not save his son.
1: And even have you guys read the button?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, oh so, yeah.
1: So him saying, uh, if, "Spoilers, if you haven't read yeah. the button, <laughs> turn it off. Go read that fucking book. It was great. It was awesome." Um. So y- even in that, he says he says to Bruce. Do me, if you want to honor me, do something. And he says, what? And he says, don't be Batman. Yeah. He says, don't uh, be Batman. Right. Yeah.
0: He get, I mean, that's a little bit of a burden for a guy who's been Batman in continuity, quote unquote, for as long as Batman has been, as Bruce Wayne has been. So uh, really interesting. So I thought really hard about Thomas Wayne. I, I just couldn't come to it. and And honestly, it wasn't the comic book that pushed me to my decision so much as the movie did because I felt like they gave the character more time to breathe, although uh, John Byrne had a great run of stories about younger Peter Parker with his Uncle Ben um, in Untold Tales of Spider-Man in the 90s. And...
1: Yeah. No, uh, Kurt Busiek and... Oh, Pat, Kurt Busiek, Pat, Pat. you're right. Because you said John Byrne. I was no, like, if he brings up chapter one, no, we're no, about no, to No, no, no,
0: you're absolutely right. It was... I do this all the time on this podcast. Adam is my surrogate brain when it comes to comic book knowledge, and you're absolutely right. It was Kurt Busiek's Untold Tales of Spider-Man, and uh, the art was
1: by... Uh, Pat Olaf. That's right. And
0: sorry... John Burns, chapter one
1: was shit. Yeah, I was that like, was, if he's about to praise that, we're about to have an argument.
0: That was, no, I wasn't going to, I wasn't doing that. But I mean, the beautiful work that, that I mean, the subtle character work that, that Kurt Busiek did with showing just how important Uncle Ben was to young Peter Parker's life. I feel helped inspire the Spider-Man, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film, where Cliff, the late Cliff Robertson, uh, played Uncle Ben in that one, and I thought just brought such humanity to the character and really gave Peter Parker, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, a um, a reason to to truly regret the decisions of his life. I mean, to really go on that that string of fucking up on a superhuman level that Spider-Man had, had become known for in the comics. He was able to communicate of in the, uh, for in the first uh, reel of that film. I, I, I just loved Cliff Robertson in that role. And again, um, untold tales of Spider-Man, Kurt Busiek, fuck, I will never live down the fact that I thought John Byrne wrote that for a second. (laughs) it It just, I knew it in the back of my head, but it just fell out of my mouth accidentally. Ah, uh, fuck. It, it was the whole thing with the, the Well, it the was all world. kind
1: of around the same time. Yeah. It was uh, like mid to late
0: 90s. You're right. And John Byrne was doing chapter one around the same time. And uh, that pretty much swore me off of Spider-Man comics for a very long
1: oh, time. Oh, yeah, because he followed chapter one into him and Howard Mackey relaunching yeah, right. Peter Parker and Amazing. Yep. And doing d- shit.
0: Yeah, but shit. it wasn't John Byrne shit. I mean, John oh. Byrne, you can say that John Byrne went crazy in mainstream comics around the time of Spider Man Chapter One. Yes. You know, and, and that's when you became a Byrne victim. I. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my God. That's so Chris. awful
0: <laughs> oh and so accurate. Chris, You you did that. You did that. You went there. I did. Okay. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you a high five for that one. Well done, sir. So
1: <laughs> Man, that's that's uh, that's uh, hit the nail on the head. Yeah.
2: That's one of my favorite Burn jokes.
1: That,
0: that, that, honest, honest to God, you know, he used to be such a Burn fanboy, but he, the, he went crazy during the mid-'90s, and uh, he's never come back I home. was
1: about to say, and it's just gotten worse.
0: It's, his Fumetti comics are almost nonsense at this point. You know, the well, stu-
1: you know what? His Star Trek stuff I like. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I like uh, some of the Fum- fumatic Star Trek stuff he's done, but I know the
0: episodes that they come from, so it's tough for me. Uh, to... Okay, re, see, know, I don't have that, that in depth yeah. knowledge. That's that's where like sometimes it's like, no, you know, you're 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 just recutting uh, the fucking um, the Horta episode. Oh uh, yeah, y- yeah, you know, it's like fuck. It, it's the same actors in the same position. They don't even flip the image oh. around, you know. I mean, shit like that. So anyway.
2: He's, I, he's like watching the episode, just kind of sketching the positions. And
0: no, he's he's doing he's doing video captures. It's fumetti. It's like photographs taken from the video of the Star Trek episode and putting word balloons on them.
1: Now he will oh. alter kind of light and stuff like that. He'll do the stuff like
0: that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, outside of that, it's just cutting, and, cutting. And it's Photoshop. Yeah, it's all Photoshop. Pure Photoshop. Pure oh.
0: Photoshop comics. Oh God. You you you. If you're a comic book fan, you need to take a look at it because it's it's quasi-experimental work. Fumetti is an actual style of comics that was founded in Italy, I think, in the late 50s, early 60s, um, where they were very popular. They would hire actors, take a bunch of pictures, and then do word balloons. Um, oh,
2: yeah, okay. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Now I know it, yeah. Yeah, and, so and that's what
0: John Byrne is doing with um, Star Trek. Star Trek. I want to say, is it New Voyages or something like that? I think that's what he's calling. And
2: didn't, uh, what's his name who did, um, uh, Nick Fury, didn't he also experiment with a lot of that? Oh, Jim
0: Stranko did a lot of photo work and especially, uh, filters and, uh, scaling and shit like that. His was
1: very experimental (laughs) at the time.
0: Oh, especially by the Day the Earth Died comic, uh, which is my favorite Jim Stranko one-shot Nick Fury story, um. You have to check that shit out. It is crazy. So
1: basically, Jim but Steranko did a better job in the 70s than Byrne is doing currently. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, Jim Stranko is just an artist. Okay, I'm pretty sure Jim Steranko used to be a secret agent himself. <laughs> he is an escape artist. He is a magician. He is a comic book artist and a Graphics photographer. Powerhouse.
1: He really is. But, I mean, this is a guy who's and like... And he claims he, to have originated the graphic novel.
0: Yeah, but that we... Until he can... And sh-
1: he's also fucking insane. He is
0: kind of <laughs> nuts, and he's still handsome well into his later years. God damn, I want teeth like his. Do you think all comic book artists or writers eventually go nuts?
1: It's a creative thing, I yeah, think so. Yeah,
0: I think it's possible. I think it's really possible. Except, I mean, no,
1: Stan Lee, he's...
0: No, Stanley is, has I think been. I he's of St- nuts. He's, well, Stanley's been Stanley since the 1960s. You know, Stanley Leibowitz, Stanley a, Lieber. He's at um, least
1: smart enough to know who to surround himself with. Yeah,
0: no, very good point. And then crazy, there's like though. one of my favorite illustrators from the 70s, the guy who did Deathlock the Demolisher, Rich Buckler, just passed away mm. recently. He was a guy who did not do, go crazy. He just went on to continue doing solid work. Uh, pretty close to the end there, so he's a guy that's going to be missed. But I, you know, just to ex- go back to my point, I think you don't get Peter Parker Spider-Man stories unless you have the influence of, of Uncle Ben on the character. That's kind of why I lament what's going on with Peter Parker in the mainstream Marvel universe right now. Basically, basically Peter Starker? Peter Starker um you know, we're basically he's turning into the tech equivalent of like a Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Parkerberg. Um <laughs> I I don't I don't like tech entrepreneur Peter Parker. I just don't. And it, it's and again, I I don't fault anybody who does like that stuff. If you like action, adventure, spy, Spider-Man, you know the way that you know he's being portrayed today, great. But guess what? Stan Lee wrote those stories with fucking Don Heck and Iron Man back in the early '60s. I mean, Spider-Man is that Peter was Parker's.
1: L- Larry Lieber.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're right. It was Larry Lieber yeah. who who pretty much wrote everything. They they said you know script assist from, but he really wrote it. Yeah, all.
1: and I mean with that and Thor yep. and. Yep. You know, all that. Yeah, a lot of that stuff.
0: But, I mean, the early Peter Parker stuff, the stuff that where Peter Parker is a young man trying to make the best decisions, what I hope is going to be the Peter Parker. I mean, they're not going to have Uncle Ben in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, but that's the Peter Parker that I want to see has been affected uh, permanently by Uncle Ben's passing. Do you passing. think they'll,
1: they'll do a flashback?
0: Nope, no. I think they're, they're going to fully get away from the origin story uh, with honestly, that one. Honestly,
1: my favorite Spider-Man movie is the first Amazing Spider-Man. Oh. And I thought Martin Sheen did an amazing job as I, Uncle Ben.
0: I thought he was good too. I and, thought he uh, was good too. I just, for me, I, I guess it's maybe because I was younger, maybe because I saw it with my whole family at the time. But there's something about Raimi's Spider Man, uh, and, and even more than the first one where, uh, you know, Willem Dafoe played uh, Norman Osborne. Um, you know, of course he was chewing scenery by the end of the film, but I really enjoyed um, uh, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock very much in mm. Spider-Man 2. So anyway, that's the Peter Parker that I like. That's the hope the Peter Parker I get back after whatever Legends does for us or or Generations does. Yeah. Uh, over at Marvel. I've, I've got
1: a hypothesis on that for another day. Yeah,
0: we're going to have to do an episode on that. But, um, Adam, I'm going to pass it back to you. I'm, I'm Bring piggy- it home, because I was all over the place. I'm going
1: to piggyback a little bit. Okay. Um, Dave Lapham did a Marvel Knights series, and yes. he wrote it called uh, Spider-Man with Great Power. Uh-huh. And Tony Harris did the majority of the artwork. Yes. And in that, if you want like, to see what, Uncle Ben was like, mm-hmm. they actually give that they actually give time for Uncle Ben and Peter Parker while Peter Parker's still Spider-Man. Oh wow. And it's all set between the time he gets bit and the the time that Uncle Ben dies.
0: Okay. All right. So let's check that one out. David so, Lappin's... uh again, Spider-Man
1: with Great Power. Spider-Man with great power. See, you get to see the influence of how Uncle Ben sees stuff. Uncle Ben uh, ends up getting, there's like a, a big fight on, in the street with, I think, the Fantastic Four, and shit's getting knocked down. Oh, wow. And Uncle Ben's kind of like, what the hell? What kind of world are we living in? Uh-huh. And Peter has to be Spider-Man and save him. Oh, Wow. So. Amazing. Okay, I'll have to check that out, because I love Tony Harris also. Yeah.
0: So who's your pick for Best Dad?
1: Okay, so my pick for Best Dad, uh, and this is going to be kind of short, because there wasn't a whole lot of it, unfortunately, Okay. and that's Wally West. Oh, yeah. I Ooh. thought Wally West in, what, 2007 to about 2009 or 10, uh, uh-huh. I thought he when they gave him his kids... I him and, lo- him
0: and Linda Park, yes, they the had, wife of Wally West.
1: They had two kids that were twins, yes. Jay and Iris. Yep, and I thought that that putting him in that position where he was trying to do the best thing for his kids but had no clue how to do it. Uh,
0: Just like most young parents, from what I hear.
1: Yeah. And, you know? and for him, you could tell he wanted Barry around so bad to, to be like, yeah. what do I do? You did this with me. How do I work this? And, uh-huh. and then to find out that his kids had superpowers that were killing them. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I, thought, I thought that whole thing was phenomenal. So I, I hope that eventually they're able to get back that Wally West yeah. and allow that character to grow. So as I said, it was a very short time, but that was easily my favorite Wally West stuff, and, and I wish that they still had that around.
0: Yeah, I, I really love that. I mean, that was when Mark Wade came back to the book.
1: Him um, and Daniel Acuna. You know, Daniel Acuna, I
0: think got kind of a bad rap in comics. I, you know, because it
1: he still draws. I know he does, but what I'm saying,
0: there was a time when I thought that he was one of the most unique illustrators co- in comics at the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was doing runs on like. <laughs> the flash he runs <laughs> uh-huh, <Yeah>. I, get <laughs> oh, it. I get it i did that but you know he did a great run on the flash he did a great run on avengers i thought yeah um you know and it didn't seem like it was as well received as it should have been and i want to see daniel Acuna do more high profile shit again because i think that dude is awesome
1: yeah i well it bummed me out when they kept putting him on these shit titles over at dc and i was just like why are you guys wasting him Right and and then eventually yeah like he came to Marvel and just tore the house down Hmm. and all of his stuff
0: his his Avengers was
1: fantastic he he did uh, he did Captain America with Brew Baker for a little bit Mm -hmm. I loved that anything that that he was he was on was was I couldn't complain about the art. And yep. he did it all front to back. And uh him and Marco DeGergevec or whatever.
0: DeGergevec.
1: Yeah, DeGergevec. I thought those two guys were were pushing the medium at the time about as far as, as anybody could yep. push it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were doing things with color that I have never seen before, the kind of inking that was being done on that. Um Yeah, I, I want to see Acuna on a Cunyana book that I'm collecting. I Exactly, I, you exactly. Know, I really want to see that. But that's a really good pick. Now... Chris, we started with you, <laughs> and because you are, are our guest, we're going to end it with you. Who is your pick All right, for best father in comics?
2: So, kind of quickly, but I thought about it. It's got to be someone out of the Golden Age. Okay. I'm thinking Pa Kent.
0: Oh. Think
2: about Pa Kent. Old guy. He's tired, but he finds this poor urchin on the side of the road Yeah, and just through example, raises him to be Superman. Yeah. And if you look at any of the other DC Elseworlds stories, whenever they change his parents, right. he becomes a hideous communist.
0: Right, I mean... Or not, he becomes
2: uh, a hideous Nazi.
0: Or he becomes a hideous uh, adopted son of Darkseid. Right, right, yeah. you know, I mean, Or he becomes, becomes
1: just a douche, you know? <laughs> he's the product of his environment, yeah. very much so. And you're right, without pa kent there would not be anything close to the modern interpretation of superman
0: and you know this is this is actually going back to our last episode where we off air had a little debate as to whether or not man of steel was a good superman movie mm. and it's a debate that that i think is worth having to this day but i enjoyed kevin costner's performance in that movie because he was sure I mean, he has—he was a guy... I mean, first of all, Kevin Costner is the epitome of the Midwestern American male, as far as I'm concerned. He cannot pull off a British accent, as evidenced by no. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, no. Uh, that movie was fucking terrible. I mean, fuck. Anyway, <laughs> but as... You know, his role as Pa Kent, where... You know, uh, Clark came to him in, in Man of Steel and said, "What did you want to let me l- l- let me have all those kids drown when he saved the school bus?" And you know he's working on his old pickup truck and he's wiping his hands with his rags and he's like, "I don't know, maybe." Now I know for a fact that he's glad his son saved those kids' lives, but it was the subtlety of Kevin Costner's performance and his and and his want for his son's best health, his best life possible. He wanted to protect his son because, look, bullets were never going to bother his son. Getting hit by a lightning or a tornado, for that matter, was never going to bother his son. You know, he wanted to protect his son's spirit. And I think that's where all the Pa Kents came from. The one that, that was in the Superboy comics, the ones that were uh, in uh, John Byrne's Man of Steel comics where they they brought the the Kents back from the dead uh, because in the Silver Age, his parents had died. Um, you know, right after he, he graduated high school, um, you know, it's funny they died of catching a fever on a cruise ship. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> such did. a
1: random fucking yeah, way. In to the go nineteen, out. That's, that's that's how they explain
0: how Clark Kent didn't have parents in the Silver that's Age. That's
1: so weird.
0: Well, think about all the cruise ships nowadays. I won't go on a cruise ship. They're fucking plague <laughs> boats to me. Uh, but um, okay, fair enough. But you know, one of my other favorite um, portrayals. I mean, okay, so you have uh, Glenn Ford in the Richard Donner Superman movie, okay? Played a great Pa Kent in that one. And then I I wish I knew the actor, the voice actor's name, but the Pa Kent in Bruce Timm's Superman, the animated series, was fantastic. I mean, first of all, he looked just like his son. You know, he was big, barrel-chested, just with receding gray hair and glasses. But, man, you know, in the episodes... That they had with the Kents in there. Um, well, I remember one episode of
2: the animated series where uh, Brainiac shows up at the farm. Yeah. And Pa Kent
0: goes after him with a shotgun. Right, because that's what you do. You know, you protect He's your property. You're protecting his family. You're protecting your family. I remember uh, the Christmas episode of Justice League where uh, Superman and Martian Manhunter, he, he invites Martian Manhunter to come over <laughs> and they don't even bat an eye. They, you know, it's there's John Jones in the middle of the kitchen as Ma Ken is making the turkey, and she's like, "Oh, why don't you change into something comfortable?" And he looks around, and he puts on, he, he shapeshifts into an ugly sweater. I mean, <laughs> you know, and they're perfectly fine with that. They, they you know, Clark brings Kara, yeah, brings his th-
2: cousin over, says, "Hey, I got a new daughter for you to raise."
0: Raise? Do you mind? No. Nope. Don't bat an eye. Don't bat an eye because they are such good
1: people. And, and, and even uh in Jeff Johns's Titans run, he kicks it off oh, by yeah. having Connell go oh. and live yep. with the Kents. Ah, that's right. Yeah. And you know, there's a reason for that.
0: Yeah, Chris and I were just talking about of all the cha- We like Rebirth so much. I like John Kent. I love Damian Wayne and the Super Sons. I love, I, 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 I love the new Superboy and everything. I miss Connor Kent. That's the only thing I wish that they could bring back pre New Fifty Two is bring me Connor Kent back and fix Cassie Sandsmark from being so weird. Um, (laughs) So, but no, I mean, Pa Kent is the reason why super powered children turn out so good, so awesome.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the as Grant Morrison says, like Superman is the original superhero. Yes. And that would make Pa Kent the original parent of a superhero. And and the reason Superman has the epitome of what is good... Yep. It is Pa Kent and Pa and Ma Kent and, and, and look, Ma
0: Kent is just a strong character, and she's been evidenced in other media. Right. Um, Ma Kent had a much longer run on Smallville than Pa Kent did. Um, you know, uh, and you know, in she, a lot
1: of those things, Ma outlasts Pa because yep. Paw is out there doing crazy Working shit, his ass off. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, in the Brainiac story we talked about earlier, yeah. Pa Kent ends up dying. Uh, yep. At the spoiler alert. Yeah. Through, Seven this is a comic ago. book from
0: seven years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. No,
1: uh, Pa Kent ends up having a heart attack because he's watching what's going on. Yeah, and uh, and that was such a great moment yeah. in the book where Superman's like, "Well, do I fight Brainiac and save the world, or do I go save my dad?"
0: Yeah. Oh, that was so good. And that was that was so amazing.
1: And the fu- the th- the thing that speaks about it is the funeral they have afterwards for right. Pa Kent, where everyone shows up. Uh-huh. You get superheroes, you get everyone. Everyone. Anybody who
0: knows Clark and you if you really knew Clark and that was the entire superhero community at that point came out for that funeral. And it was just there was there was this beautiful moment. And I'm trying to remember it, so forgive me. But I think Lois was in Clark was in Clark's bedroom, and she was looking at pictures of him with uh, with Pa Kent, and just I think Wonder Woman comes in, and then Bruce comes in, and they're like, "Oh, what's Bruce gonna do?" or "What's What's Clark gonna do now?" And Bruce says something like he'll
1: survive, you know. <laughs> a batman is. Yeah.
0: You know, it, it's just like, <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the, the Grant Morrison double
1: H yeah word
0: balloon to me, oh, as a yeah. side note, is just the best thing.
1: <sighs>
0: you know, <laughs> so, wow. I mean, you can't have Superman without Pa Kent. Right. Just I like
2: mean, I... When he became uh, Red Son of, uh, you know, Red Son. Yeah. He was in uh, the Soviet Union. I mean, you could say he was the hero of the Soviet Union, right? But he—I think he ripped off uh, Green Lantern's arms, didn't he? Uh,
0: yeah. You know, it's it was pretty awful. Well, look, let's be honest. You know, life he was in the
1: dictator in chief. Yeah. You
0: know, life in the Soviet Union was was a hard scrabble life for until the end of the Cold War. So, yeah, that sucked. But he took care of Hal Jordan pretty good. Sorry, Hal. Um. (laughs) And Batman. (laughs) And Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. God. But that was a good Mark Miller story. It was. Yeah. Well, look, that is our look at the best and worst fathers in comics. Uh, Adam, I want to speak for the two of us here when I say, Chris, thank you for coming into the Graphic Content Studio. No problem. And we want you to come back because you've got some OG comic cred, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Chris, is there any... Space that you occupy in the internet that you would like to put out there to the people that listen to our podcast.
2: Oh, not at the moment. Um, I do have a website, but it's just for my art. And uh, what not- you do art? Uh, yeah, I used to. I used to work in animation. Did some game work. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Kind of. Leaving that behind, maybe going on to different stuff now.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, Chris is a talented artist, and uh, Chris Weiler, W-I-L-E-R, on Facebook, and uh, maybe we'll bring you into the 21st century and get you a Twitter account one day. Yeah, send me your hate mail. There you go. No, <laughs> they'll love you, Chris. Trust me. Adam, pimp it. What right. do you got on the interwebs?
1: So you can find me anywhere at, at Adam S. Messinger, Instagram, uh, Twitter, f- uh, Facebook, uh, I think th- there's more shit. I'll but I don't slap
0: know. you if you bring up Snapchat. I uh, swear to God, I'm, it's just gonna uh, happen. I
1: it's I, I don't use it. But okay, it's good. It's, it's there. there. It's there. MySpace.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, uh, MySpace. No, you- I
1: deleted that about <laughs> ten years ago. Well, that's good. That's good.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I'm, I guess, schizophrenic because I put, I'm all over the place on, on social medias. I'm at Jimmers with three M's on Twitter. I'm at Jimmers with five, count them, five M's on Instagram. No, I'm not changing it, Adam. <laughs> uh, and uh, like our Facebook page for graphic content, I'm also at Jim Mason on Facebook. Uh, We do it like I've said. We've got the page on Facebook. It's a great place to follow announcements as to what's going on with our feed. Uh, We just recorded our first Star Wars specialized podcast, Holonet Headquarters. Um, We've got this episode, which is going to be coming out after that on the 22nd. Uh, What else do we have coming out? We've just got all kinds of great stuff happening.
1: We've got a a secret. That we're going to keep. Yes. uh, Because sometimes secrets fall through. We have
0: more secret projects coming up. Adam, bring it home for us. Go read a comic. And after you read that comic, listen to graphic content.